it was our target to reach over 30% of protein, which we have. Welcome to the Swisspreneur Show, a podcast about startup stories and learnings from experienced entrepreneurs. Here's your host, Sylvan. And a very well welcome to the Swisspreneur Show. It's a pleasure to have you here today. Thank you very much for the invitation. It's a pleasure for me to meet you in person and to be here and to let me talk about my project, Knecker. Absolutely. You are the co-founder and CEO at Knecker, a startup which produces protein-rich vegan crackers and is already in the Swiss market for about one year. So we're going to talk all about that, how you actually ended up starting your own company. But before, we would like to talk about your personal background. You studied economics and mechanical engineering at the Technical University of Berlin. Why did you actually combine the two subjects? In fact, uh, the studies are called economic engineering. And I have studied this because um, and graduated as a diploma engineer. And why I did it? Because I was already fascinated of uh, the energy industry and all the relations and systems which are there involved. My father was already a mechanical engineer and working in the power plant industry. So I grow up with the knowledge about resources and environmental impacts of energy consumption. So this was a very bright um, study and I learned a lot about energy and energy consumption. Yeah, and actually makes a lot of sense before you actually became an entrepreneur. You also built your career around power plant projects with a focus on CO2 reduction. Why is this so important to you, the, the whole also climate effect, climate change and CO2 reduction? I mean, climate change, why this is important, I think this answer we all already know, because the problem is the CO2 concentration in our atmosphere. And um, we have to lower this and power plants are the biggest CO2 producers, so the conventional fired power plants. So I was very interested to work in this industry and to see how do people decide and how they do they plan and how we can um, um, the, if we can hire the efficiency to have a less CO2 uh, emissions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so this was why I was, was very passionate in this industry. But I mean, many people know that this is an issue, right? That yeah. we do have to act there. Yeah. But very few then actually say, I want to change something. So why did you decide to go down that path and, and say, hey, I get active in the power plant industry because I really do want to change something? I think this is part of my DNA because I mean... I'm on the world to make, to change things. And I have a lot of, I know that I have a lot of energy inside myself and I want mm -hmm. to put this energy in the right direction and to work. I mean, energy is the basis for our modern civilization. So um, if you work in this industry, you can change a lot. So this was really my inner, inner um, active activator to, to work and to, to, to change things in this industry. Got it. And another thing that you also have in your DNA is the entrepreneurial spirit. So there have already been some entrepreneurs in, in your family. Can you talk a bit how that motivated you to also then pursue your own career in entrepreneurship? Um, in my direct family, not. But my grand-grandfather was, was in fact setting up a company who produces marzipan and uh, chocolate and nougat. And it's a funny story because he already um, developed a soy, soya product um, in the, after the Second World War um, 
because there was not enough meat on the market so he uh, he developed like a liver paste a vegan liver paste mm -hmm. and sold it so we have a bit and we work a bit in the same topic and this is uh, quite funny that's super interesting yeah i think also the perfect segue because in 2020 you then founded knacker yeah we heard about before the protein-rich vegan cracker mm -hmm. Can you take us to back to the early days? I think together with Susanne, you actually developed the idea of Knicker. So how did that happen? Yeah, it was a big change for me because before I was working in the energy industry and my last step was in um, refi financing of renewable energies. And then I gave, gave birth to my third child. And this changed a lot because three children, it was not the easiest thing to go back to industry. And then I met Susanne as a, we volunteered together at the Ludothek. That's a very typical Swiss institution right. where you can rent games. And um, we met her, I met her there and she was already a um, successful entrepreneur. And additionally, my husband is an entrepreneur since I met him. He founded his company when we get to know each other. So um, I was really impressed by her because she was successful as a mother with her own company. And we chatted the whole evening and I said, um, I'm fascinated by the thought to um, to found my own company and to work on my own idea. Mm -hmm. um, so she gave me a call and said, okay, I have an idea. And we met and then she talked with me about the high protein crisp bread idea, Aka Knäckebrot, right. <laughs> which firstly, I saw like, do we need another Knäckebrot? Um, but then I researched the market and I understood the thought behind plant-based protein. And plant-based protein has the same amount of protein as meat. And if you if you eat it directly instead of feed it to animals, and the animals produce a lot of CO2 by farming them, so you you this is one one pillar of the of of. This, uh, the one pillar to reduce our CO2 emissions. And I was so um, um, excited about it. So I said, yes, let's do it. But let's do it not as a Knäckebrot. Let's do it as a snack. Because then you can take it with you and you have it all the time in your handbag, in your rucksack. And you can, it's it's an easier way to, to offer plant-based proteins. Yeah, this was the start. That's fantastic. And I can tell from the sparkle in your eyes, you're really enthusiastic and, and motivated to to put that idea into practice. Yeah, but this was a long way. We we were baking and we were ca um, um, counting that we get the, the, the same values, um, nutrition values as meat. So mm -hmm. it was our target to reach over 30% of protein, which oh. we have. So today the cracker has in fact the same amount of protein. And this is the first soya bag cracker on worldwide. If you Google it, it's not, there are not many people who work with this and you have to find um, also a bakery procedure to get this um, nutrition values into a product without conservatives, without added sugar, just with nature ingredients. So we, we really developed a lot before we had a product ready to eat and to produce. How did you get to that point? Because that's an immense challenge to solve, right? First of all, to get mm -hmm. to that protein level in, yeah. in a snack. And second of all, to also find a producer who can produce it in, in a good way and also in a sort of cost efficient way. So how did that happen from idea to the first sellable product? 
it's really you start with an idea and you have some things given ingredients or how do you want to concept it but for sure you're right you have to find a receipt you have to find a, pro a producer you have to find a packaging and we are ambitioned in every way because we want to be sustainable we want to be fair we want to have our ingredients where we know where they come from it was a lot of work we need more than one and a half year and a lot of research to put all these things together without any sales just to put a product and make the right declaration and everything like this. But at the end, we had it. And the funny thing was when COVID started, we said, okay, now this is the point. We start with an online shop and yeah. we are ready to sell. And we find a very good producer also in Switzerland. We produce in Solotun with, um, with integrative uh, working spaces and the people are very convinced of our product and we have a really good relationship. And so we grow together. Let's say it like this. Fantastic. And, you know, when you actually first talked about this business opportunity mm -hmm. with Suzanne, um, you know, did it strike to you that this can be like really something big, something that you definitely want to work on? Or did it take some time until you were convinced that you do want to go down that path? I mean, what I said the first moment was, I mean, a knäckebrot is not like a chocolate or something. You, the right. first you think it's like, is it an attractive product? Is it saleable? But the idea behind this plant-based protein, this was really the driver for me because when I researched it, it's something like it's, I mean, in EU, you have projects who finance development on, on plant-based protein. It's really not just my idea. It's, it's not just a trend. It's, it's a solution to feed the world because yeah. with a growing population, we can't uh, get our proteins through meat. So we need much more products. So it's not just the knacker. There are many products to jump on on the market, mm -hmm. but they are still not enough because the people need the chance to choose and uh, different opportunities to change. And they don't have to change their whole meat consumption. It's already enough if they change a part of their consumption yeah. and that they start to think about instead of eating or uh, drinking milk or eating um, yogurt or eating an, 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 um, an meat, I eat today a salad with knacker or an apple with knacker because it's like plant-based protein is not as vitamin C. You cannot buy, eat it as an apple very easy. Usually plant-based protein is binded in in beans or peas or yeah. nuts. So you have to, to do something with it. Do you have a lot of shakes or things like this, but something what you really can just open and eat it. Mm -hmm. And this, we need more offers for the customers. Great. So now we also fully understand why vegan makes a lot of sense in, yeah. in terms of the environmental impact that you can have there. Yeah. But why do you focus on the protein rich segment too? You could also have just made a regular snack without having too much protein in there? Why is protein an important part of your product decision? Because the, the human body needs protein. And especially if you stop to eat, uh, if you eat as a vegan or if you eat vegetarian and less uh, uh, meat proteins, you have a gap of proteins and you have to eat some proteins. So you need a source for this. Mm -hmm. So that's why we jumped on it and said, okay, and we have the declaration vegan on our product. It's not because our uh, target customer group is just vegans. I mean, vegans for sure, they understand from the first um, thoughts why we, dis why we have this product. But right. we also want to give the customer a clear declaration. This is an animal-free product. And it has, on the other side, also the same protein 
content. So if you eat one of my little small um, pocket size, you get 10 grams. And if you eat the big size, you have 40 grams. And it's depending on the weight of your body, but it's between 50 to 80 grams a day. So you see, you can half of your proteins solve when you eat one of the packages. So you don't have to eat every day my knacker, but it could be one <laughs> once a time a really good um, alternative. Yeah, and I also like the fact that it's a snack because often we are hungry if our pro protein hunger is yeah, not saturated. Absolutely. And I think that's also a very nice absolutely. thing. Uh, yeah. Oh, I'm hungry, so I eat a bit of protein and then I'm saturated again. Absolutely. I can tell you it makes a difference if you, for example, be hiking in the mountains and yeah. you are hungry if you eat protein. So if you eat um, just um, co uh, kohlenhydrate. Yeah, carbs. Carbs. Or yeah, if you eat just carbs or something with a lot of sugar, you will feel it. When we were skiing in the winter and through COVID, everything was closed. With my family, we eat just the knacker. Oh my, the whole, my, my children. And it's it gives you really a lot of energy for a long time. Yeah. Fantastic. Now, you also mentioned soy is basically the base of mm -hmm. your uh, yeah. crackers. And I also wonder what other ingredients and taste do you have in there? I think uh, you also have different tastes that you offer. Yeah. And what are other parts than soy that are part of your recipe, if you can share? I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, the main ingredients is soya, and we get this in bio, biological quality from a family company. We have a strong relationship there, and it's a really high qualified product. Um, and the other ingredients are sesame, um, uh, sunflower seeds, and pumpkin seeds, and uh, lean seeds, linesam. And this is, uh, you call it oil seeds. Um, this has also a good um, fats inside and all together we have no wheat in this. So usually you can say we, ha we are gluten free, but we don't have a gluten uh, bakery today. Okay. So probably in future we can we can do this, but this product is just with natural ingredients and to attract our customers, we have started with three different tastes and uh, the tastes are, um, are very high high um, meet high expectations because it's mountain salt or it's salted that's more our more natural version mostly attracted by sportive people when they go for hiking or after mm -hmm. sports because you need a bit additional salt then we have a rosmarine rosemary which is more for you can also combine with a glass of wine it's like an apero it's yeah. a bit more um, always sweet also you can eat it with a jam um, and then we have curry tumian which is more for my children love it and my husband it's more for the people who also be attracted by chips um, taste so we have three very different tastes and yeah so there's and there will be some more in future um, yeah fantastic what do you have planned in that regard anything you can already share we develop at the moment something with chocolate, but this is more wow. for a winter version. So because a lot of people, we, we are not with sugar so far, yeah. but a lot of people miss it a bit. Mm -hmm. So we thought about to combine our salty version a bit with something sweet. And we have also like a Christmas version with um, um, yeah spices you usually have around Christmas. So it's also yeah. a bit sweet, but it will be always vegan. I'm getting hungry now. <laughs> so I think it's best to talk about challenges that I get a bit distracted. Yeah. So you launched your company in 2020 in yeah. the midst of the uh, Corona pandemic. Yeah. Looking back, was that a bad timing or a big challenge for you to actually start a company then? It was a big challenge and we started in two steps. The first step was we started with a proof of concept phase under the umbrella of the company from Susanne. 
And um, there we developed before Corona and we started when Corona was the first phase was over. So it was summer. And remember summer last year, everyone was coming back to life. They opened right. the shops. So the first two, three months was great because everyone was very open, enthusiastic, back to life. So I found a lot of shops who are interested to sell my knacker. And we defi we started also with uh, a strategy to have um, smaller owner operated shops. So I get a directly feedback and in to see which kind of people like the knacker. And then the autumn comes and remember the autumn comes. So the Corona uh, cases are um, gr um, rising. So this was a big challenge because um, over winter, probably half of my shops were closed. Um, and they had my knackers in, in and I felt with them because they can't sell anything. Mm -hmm. And also it was a lot of uncertainties, like are the mountain districts open, is skiing allowed or not? So it it was a difficult phase to find out are knacker good by selling when they are in the shop or is it because the shops are closed? But anyhow, to say it, there, we have a rising sales and we have a very good feedback. So, and I'm very enthusiastic about my Knacker. So I think um, it takes a bit of more time, but it's the right product for the right time and for the right uh, people, because the Swiss people love to be outdoor. They love sport and they are hungry. And I mean, this is what Knacker is for. Absolutely. So during the COVID pandemic, did you then see any shift, you know, from your offline distribution channels to your own online shop or how do you manage that? I mean, the online shop was getting a big boost and we just not only sell over our online shop. It's the second pillar is Instagram and Facebook because we have an Instagram account. We have more than 1000 followers today and they also lead a lot of sales to our online shop. So um, this is one thing. So we have and retail is still still important. But additional, we are listed in other online shops like uh, Food at Home in, in Bern and Zürich or Hello Zürich has a very good online shop. Mm -hmm. and there we have really a lot of sales because uh, a snack is always an add-on sale or stash the new we are right. listed at stash i mean they deliver in 10 minutes and they really sell a lot of knackers so i'm happy with this additional online sales great before we continue with the show we would like to introduce you to our new partner newco Nuco helps founders navigate the paperwork that starting a company involves. From the first consultation all the way to the commercial register, Nuco has helped more than 900 entrepreneurs start their company, and they do so at highly competitive prices. To find out more, visit nuco.ch slash Swisspreneur. Again, that's nuco.ch slash Swisspreneur. And now, on with the show. I also wonder, you know, when you first built your distribution channels, you actually did a lot of testing. You went to different industries, mm. to different smaller shops. Mm. What was your strategy there and what did you, did you actually learn from it? I mean, I was a bit, I, I thought about if before I start with big retail shops, I want to really test my product. So um, before we started to sell them, we had like 25 to 50 people who tested them and we get mm -hmm. all the feedback also with our packaging. And then we decided to go to smaller shops because we get a better, we are cl um, closer at our customers. We get a better feedback and we see where our product is, is fit in. 
So, um, for example, we are in mountain resorts and we are in uh, restaurants, takeaway restaurants. We are in sport shops. We are working with yoga people. We are so we have different kind of target groups. And then we see who is uh, nature attractive, attracted by our product. And this gives me today a very good feeling where I can scale up. And also we are in unpacked shops. We're going to talk about the packaging yeah. in a second. Before okay. we do so, just one follow up question there. You know, when it comes to the different segments that you have, is mm -hmm. there any specific, you know, the the most attractive target client or target segment for you at this moment? Um, it's definitely the outdoor, active, sustainable, interested people between 20 and 55. Okay. It's divided between women and men. It's funny because we have the most, uh, we have men between 20 and 40 and women between between 25 and 45. So there's a bit different between the age, but um, sport attractive people are the most interested in my product. Yeah. And I can imagine the protein part yeah. from vegan sources is a very attractive USP in that regard. Yeah, for sure. And to, to have an alternative and to have also a new snack on the market, which is not produced by the big companies, So always produce the same. So it's there's someone behind it also. I mean, you can on my own on my homepage. I, I'm I'm the producer of this product, so it's right. Yeah. In that regard, you know, to also scale these operations at the one point in time, maybe you already do mm -hmm. it. You also need some performance marketing, I could imagine, to really drive traffic and conversion to your online shop, and also invest into brand building. How yeah. do you see that? Do you already do anything there, or how do you plan to tackle these challenges in the future? Yeah, I, I, I work at the moment, I work a lot with external partners, but in the very close way. So I have I, I just work with a lot of very good women I work with. And I just started now with someone who helps me with uh, Google Ads and uh, Instagram, mm -hmm. because before I did the most things by myself. So I love to start the things by myself, but I know that I'm not good enough as an expert. So then I, as soon as I'm on the point where I say, now I need an expert, I get yeah. someone additional on in my team. And uh, yeah, for sure, this is important today because social media and I think this is the most growing sector of uh, to make advertisement. Yeah. You also mentioned packaging before. Mm -hmm. So packaging, when it comes with your mission, right? Mm -hmm. To focus on the environment, to really also make a change happen in that regard and support the CO2 reduction mm -hmm. on the planet, you also need to be very aware of the packaging. So how did you solve that problem? I mean, if I could choose, I want to have no packaging, but the product you have to, to save and to make it available for people, you need a packaging. So, um, as an engineer, I, I'm part of a big women network where I also meet um, uh, packaging engineers and I discussed with them what is the best packaging. And my first solution now is that all of my packages are refillable. So this is on one side good because if you eat, you can close it again. You don't have to throw um, the rest away because it's it's an open thing in your bag and it makes you whatever. So, but you can also go to an unpacked shop and refill it. So my target was also to get a lot of unpacked shops to my addicted to my product so that the customer can buy my product in this packaging and can make a refill. And my, my um, cost structure is also that it is really cheaper to make a refill instead of buying new. 
Um, it is not easy because the unpacked shops are always owners driven and I have today probably eight on board. Uh, but I love these shops because these are the most innovative and very close to the customer and sustainable shops. So to be with them in contact inspires me on the other side a lot because um, they are really ambitious in sustainability. And this is also, I think, the one pillar to, to reduce packaging and to really think about what we use as packagings. So this is a really great example of greed for good. So to mm -hmm. say, you know, how entrepreneurship can actually change things for the better mm -hmm. in the world. And I also wonder, you know, Switzerland is great to start, but it's also a pretty small market. Mm -hmm. And if you were to roll out to other markets, to Germany, for example, you could have an even bigger impact. So in that regard, do you think that Switzerland is too small of a market for you in the long term? Or how do you see that? Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm half German and partly Swiss. So I started now in Switzerland because I live here and I'm, I start where I live and where, yeah. So, but I also think it's very attractive to go to the, the Austria and Germany for sure. But on the other hand, it's not very easy to go as a Swiss startup in the European market, especially in the um, food industry, because the boundaries are pretty high with taxes and declarations and you have to you have to found a company in Germany, you need an address, addressable address in, in the European market. So it would be much more easy to go from Italy to Germany, but to be yeah. inside the EU market. But the EU market is, the boundaries are getting higher and higher. And as a small um, startup, it, it makes a lot of costs and efforts to start there. And I get a lot of calls from Germany. I mean, all the big retail companies called me and say like, hey, do you want to be part of my startup program? Send me examples. You can pitch here in front of my um, buyers. And the thing what I say today is I would love to do it, but um, I need a bit more volume here before I start to, 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 to enter your market. And I have to figure out all the boundaries, how, how I can do it because... It's not so easy. So that's a great challenge to solve for the future. Yeah, that's the next steps for sure. I mean, this or next year, we, we will see. But I want to turn, it's developed in Switzerland and it's a Swiss idea and right. it has the whole emotions of the mountains into this product. But we love to bring it to the world because the climate change is all over the world. So, exactly. Yeah. You mentioned the export hassle and yeah. that is a big challenge. Mm. Currently, you are fully bootstrapped, so you don't have any investors on yeah. board. And I can imagine, besides all the advantages that this gives you, this can also be quite a, a challenge by itself. So did you have to make any tough calls or tough trade-offs in order to stay bootstrapped and not take any investors on board? Um, it was my decision to start not with investors. And... Um, because so I can I can really have a look at the sustainability and I can op the operating everything by myself and I mm -hmm. can better start with the startup phase. But for sure in future um, I have to build up an investor structure to bring it and to to increase the product and or to search it must be not just a finance finance investor i can also think about an impact investor i mean there are other impact investors also in the european market who love to to be involved in this product so that they bring also their competences and network to the product so mm -hmm. i'm very open for this for cooperation with other producers other impact investors and people who are keen on what can we do to to tackle the climate change? Got it. 
And in that regard, I wonder, you know, the food market is usually very competitive. So I'm sure you also have competition or even mm. copycats that you have to deal with. Um, how do you handle that? Is that something that lets you sleep quietly at night or something that keeps you more up at night? I mean, first of all, every copy is a compliment. I mean, if if I started and I know I was the first with the soya product, I was the first who had over 30% of protein. And if someone brings a, a product with 31, over 31, I mean, the first is I'm laughing about because I did the right thing. And it shows me that others like it. And I'm so deep in this in this um in this topic so I see what kind of things they try to do and what things they did wrong so yeah but on the other hand um yeah sure we will see it I mean there will be always competition but um if you work every day honestly and ambitious on your product I think the good ones will 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 rise so yeah. I'm not so much afraid of this I, I like the statement, you know, that first of all, it's a compliment if someone uh, copies your product. I think that's the right approach to take. But I can also imagine it's not always easy to on a psychological level to also see it that way. Was that ever a challenge for you? Uh, yeah, sure. There's not every day that I think my product will be the best. Sometimes I'm some days I also be like, uh, make it sense. Uh, is it working or if I see that others are copying it's not just copying the product they're also copying your Instagram uh, how yeah. you do your postings how you act your design your packaging I mean uh, yeah it's it's tough and it's not everyday sunshine but um, this is something I learned and it's a hard way an entrepreneurial thing to rely on yourself and to go through these days and mm -hmm. there will be days where not, no one is calling and buying <laughs> But there yeah. will be coming days where some people call and buy again. And um, yeah, and overall, it has to be more days where people buy instead of not buying. So <laughs> was there ever a moment where you thought, I don't want to do that anymore. It's just too much, doesn't work or it's not the right thing for me. Let's close the shop. Uh, there are moments like this and I am, I'm, I'm alone, but I have also, um, if you watch, if you have a look at my homepage, uh, website, I have also an advisory board. So I have uh, two, three strong women who supports me. Also my, my partner, Susanne, who, who stepped out last uh, year in autumn because she's already an entrepreneur and she said, okay, that's too much work, uh, having children, having two companies. And so, um, that's was the moment where I decided to, to, to do it alone. Mm -hmm. Um, but I can't do it alone because there are days where I'm a bit hopeless and then I have this strategic advisory board and I can have a coaching call with one of them. So I have, for example, Yvonne Piech, she's, um, she's, um, experienced in the food scenery in Switzerland and also worldwide. She knows very well what I'm doing. Then there's also Sophia. She's an entrepreneur with three children in Germany. She's very popular in Germany because she, she built up a company as an engineer. It's not in the food industry, but she's an experienced entrepreneur and she was going through all these phases. And when I have a coaching call with her, she told me something like, have a look back what you reached. So this is very yeah. good. Every time when I call with you, you are one step further. So because when you are self and your company, you sometimes lose the big picture. Yeah, you always see the next challenge, the next problem to yeah. solve and forget which, what far away you have actually already come. And you always come. compare with the better ones. <laughs> that's right. But I mean, that's also fine, right? That's your motivator yeah, to keep sure. pushing, keep going, doing yeah. better. So yeah. 
I think it's a necessary evil to push yourself and to reach higher levels. But yeah. at the same time, it's also important to take time and reflect and be grateful for what you've already done and accomplished. There are days to celebrate and there are days where you have to take and think, okay, tomorrow is the next day. We will see if someone else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's the beauty of entrepreneurship. It's ups and downs. But once you have some ups, they are so much higher than in many other things. Yeah, yeah. You I mean, the ups could be great. Yeah. <laughs> So let's also talk about the current status and the future. Mm -hmm. So Knecker is a little more than a year old. Mm -hmm. You are available in 50 shops. What is your verdict for now? Like how happy are you? Uh, how far you've been come so far? Um, I'm happy with the start and with the development. And But now I'm, I'm on the point where we have to get one step further. So we try to get in a bigger retailer mm -hmm. um, and we are in, in talks about it. And on the other hand, I have to lower also my production costs because I started with small batches and small batches are always in production costs higher than you have not so much margin in, in your product. So there are different sides I work at the moment. So on one side, we lower a bit the production cost and on the mm -hmm. other hand, we, we hire the sales and yeah, that's the... <laughs> easy way to... it sounds very easy but in fact it's a lot of work to do it yeah, yeah. Mm. and what are your plans for the next few years where do you want to go we heard you know new product launches expansion to potentially germany what yeah. else do you have planned or what's your top priority um, my top priority is now to be a bit more scalable to have mm. more um, production uh, capacities yeah and also to to uh, um organizational growing so get people on board and to to define better the company and uh, additional probably step by step i would say uh, um, a proof of concept in germany and then probably we'll see what kinds of opportunities comes Fantastic. it depends a bit of how fast i get a strategic partner we are already in discussion so it's it could get very fast but it's Opportunities are always first right. opportunities. <laughs> and in that regard, is it also a plan for you to get investors on board? Yeah, or? that's yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, sure. also a next step yeah, that you tackle. That could be the next step. Mm -hmm. yeah, got it. To get a bit more growing because if there's more financial behind, we can invest in every in the sales more better in marketing and yeah. everything. Yeah. And I also imagine, you know, especially a market launch in Germany, for example, there you're probably well set up if you have a bit more capital at hand. For sure. So we also like to ask our guests about their favorite resources and gadgets. Yeah. So do you have anything to share? It could be blogs, books, podcasts, or, or also, you know, little things that you use yourself in your daily life. Uh, I mean, Instagram. <laughs> Everyone who has a company should be on Instagram. What is really important for me and keeps me going on is networks. So um, especially I'm active in a lot of women networks. So you have to have a look at Femtech Alumni, for example. We are mm -hmm. over 800 women over Switzerland and Germany. And also ETH Zurich is part of this, um, where Femtech Alumni are studying and growing out. And there I find so many good advisors and uh, feedback givers so this gives me really a lot of power and, and energy cool yeah and as a closing section we mm -hmm. have some rapid fire questions for yeah. you i give you a short question or a <clears throat> choice and yeah. you can make your choice or explain your answer in one sentence okay are you ready yes so how many snack breaks do you take per day um one or two okay that's good How many hours of sleep did you get last night? 
I was excited of this interview, so just uh, four. <laughs> wow, okay. Uh, Bergsalz, curry, timian or rosmarine as a taste? Bergsalz. Your favorite one. Where do you actually go to think? Uh, for a walk. I love the forest, for hiking, or just pick up my children from school. Fantastic. And the last one for you today, what advice would you give to your 20-year-old self? <laughs> I think when I was 20 years old, I did a lot of things already right. But sometimes rely on yourself, relax, and life is not fair, but there will become the next chance. Fantastic. And thank you so much for stopping by. It was a pleasure to talk about you, your story, your impressive Knecker story. <laughs> we wish you all the best, lots of success, and are excited what new tastes and markets you will tackle in the future. Thank you very much. And I hope a lot of you will try my Knecker or think about why plant-based protein is so essential for our uh, future nutrition. This episode was brought to you by Swisspreneur's main partner, Clara Business, the digital all-in-one solution for small businesses. Managing internal processes manually and on paper wastes an incredible amount of time. That's why Clara digitizes everything, allowing you to focus on what really matters, your core business. Go to clara.ch to find out how your business administration can be simpler, faster, and more efficient. Again, that's clara.ch.